What's up? Come on. Full radio, everybody. Uh, what a show we got lined up for you today. I got uh, the Oscar nominations came out this week. We're going to talk about that a little bit. What's going on with that when Layla joins us in the second half? My girlfriend, Layla, as I continue to keep in-person guests out of <laughs> the Joel Radio Studios, that's, that's my thing for right now. Keeping guests out of the studio. That's right. Just me and Layla who live in the Joel Radio Studios. We're the only ones that can be here. <laughs> Nobody else. Not a soul. Uh, because, you know, let's face it, hey. Coronavirus numbers are going up a little bit, getting a little scary. Hope everyone's staying safe. Get those vaccines. I know they're opening up the vaccines for everybody um, very soon. So get one. Don't hesitate. Get your vaccine. Then you can come in the studio. Think of it that way. <laughs> but yeah, Layla's going to come in a bit later. We got a bunch of movies and TV stuff. We also we babysat, which doesn't sound exciting, but... <laughs> it was. <laughs> so Layla will be joining us a little bit later on. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about, uh, and also one more thing on, on movies and TV, because I'll probably forget it then. Letterboxd. I've got reviews up there for stuff. So letterboxd.com. I should throw that link in. Look, go at joelradio.net, and I'll, I'll try to link to my letterboxd in the description of the show. It'll be one of the things you click on. So go to joelradio.net. I got that. But first up, we're going to go to the power of telephony. Meaning calling somebody on the phone. <laughs> but this guy is a guy that I've known for a while. He's a professional wrestler. That's right. And he's also a comedian. I think I know him more as a professional wrestler than a comedian of all things. And uh, he's got a project coming up. Mikey Gordon is his name. He's 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 something else. <laughs> so we're going to try to talk to Mikey here. Let me see if he's on the phone. He's making a movie of all things. And Mikey's Mikey's quite the character. So uh, let's see if he's around. Give him a buzz here. There's my phone ringing. Let's see if he picks up. You never know with this phone. Everyone wants to zoom. I'm like, no, I'll call. Colin's just as good. Hey, if you don't know who you called and you don't know what you're supposed <laughs> to do, I shouldn't be using the phone. I guess this That's is his voice. Please record your message. Okay. When you're finished recording, you may hang up. That's all right. Press one for more options. I mean, look, it happens. <laughs> we'll try Mikey again. Maybe he'll call me. Just vamp for a minute. You know, tell you know, doing a podcast without, you know, people go, well, you don't Zoom people, you don't talk on the phone all that much with people. And it's like, yeah, this is exactly why. This is exactly why. So 
Let's see if he's there. Mikey. Yo, what's up? What's going on? Yeah, man. I was just explaining the audience. I go, people wonder why I don't have more people on the phone and stuff. And <laughs> shit like this happens. But it's funny, man. I heard your uh, voicemail. Oh, uh, right <laughs> hey, sh- hey, should I call you Joel or Upchuck? You call me whatever you want. I mean, you know me as Upchuck. I, we should explain to people how we met. Because I think we met at the gathering, actually, didn't we? Indeed. Uh, I was booked uh, as Milk Dud the Cow from... For 2009, 10, and 11. <laughs> wow. And then came back in 17 as Dirty Ron McDonald. Yeah. And that's is now, is Dirty Ron your gimmick? Is that your go to gimmick? Like, if there's a match, are you Mikey or are you Dirty Ron most of the time? I'm like, I, I, you know, what's, what's so funny about what Dirty Ron became and who it is, like, it is me. You know, like, yeah. I started wrestling in April of the year 2000. And, um, you know, I, I I played different characters, gimmicks and stuff, uh, mostly stuff that was given to me, mm-hmm. you know, so not, you know, then, um, you know, as I started promoting my own shows and whatnot, I kind of had a, an idea for a vibe, like a 21 and up vibe. So I was like, well, I, I gotta, I want to, I want to have like an adult oriented character. So, you know, I was like, all right, well, what do I like to do? And I was like, well, be crazy, do cocaine and fuck horse. So, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, there you I mean, go. Mo- mo- most of that's true, but yeah. yeah. So then, you know, that's how Dirty Ron became. And then, honestly, like it was supposed to last for six, like six months. I already had bought my next gimmick, and and then it like started connecting with people. KG hit me up about the gathering, yeah. and I was like, maybe this Dirty Ron thing will stick. No, that's great because in Dirty, for those who don't know, and I'm going to send you somewhere where you can see uh, Mikey doing his thing. Um, it's it's basically it's a parody of Ronald McDonald. At least that's how it started, right? I mean, uh, absolutely. Level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's to hear you have, which I think, and I think KG referred to Kevin Gill, our friend, and he, Kevin, um, I think wanted to introduce it because I was the dirty clown at the gathering of the Juggalos, Upchuck, right? And you're the dirty clown clown wrestler, and it was like, oh, we 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 should get these guys together. A match made in clown. <laughs> I think I've got. In fact, that'll be the picture on, on JoelRadio.net when I post this. I think I've got pictures. Maybe the first. Well, one of the first times I think we hung out, and we're both in the, oh, yeah. we're both in the gimmick. Dude, you know, and uh, <laughs> it's been so welcoming being you know being a part of that. Like I, 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 I don't know if I consider myself like a juggalo, but yeah. I am definitely juggalo friendly. Um, you know, like do I know all the words to all the songs? No, no but like. I mean, like hanging out and doing those shows was some of the best times ever. Oh yeah. Um, the way they can they infuse you know um, wrestling into their music and and then the the shows were just rambunctious, wild energy the entire time. You know, so it uh, I, I always had so much fun working together and working all their shows. Yeah, I mean uh, the gathering's a good time, and I think you know the definition of are you a juggalo or not? I, I think if you're willing to go to the show and you have a good time, then I think that's, uh, by one definition, you're a juggalo at that point. Whether or not well, you're that. a super still... fan of everything, you know, you might not be, but, you know, you went, you had fun. I mean, that's what they're doing, you know? For sure. I, you know, I think it was more or less about me not trying to be disrespectful and be like, yeah. yo, yo, I'm a juggalo. Well, you know, and like... people might get very possessive of it, and I, I will say I'm a juggalo without... You know, unabashedly, but they're like, well, you don't have the tattoos and you don't, you know, you don't wear your hair this way and you don't have stickers all over your car. And it's like, 
yeah, but I go to the gathering every year. And, and, you know, granted, I'm working, but when I'm not working, I go to the shows in Detroit when I'm not working as much as I can. And, uh, and I, you know, ultimately, I enjoy ICP in concert. I enjoy the wrestling. I've enjoyed their movies and all that stuff. So, you know. Oh, dude, Strangle Main, like, ICP was such a inspiration for me as a child. Um, I, I remember, you know, you know, Riddle Box. I got a Riddle Box in like 1997 was the first time I was exposed to it, and like it was just, it was, it was all uh, downhill, uphill. I don't know what you say from <laughs> there because I saw Strangle Mania. Yeah. Then they're on, they're on WWE, ECW, and WCW TV. Then they're starting their own promotion. I'm like, these guys are exactly what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. And then, and they made, they made their own independent films i mean like i'm pretty much taking the path yeah. of icp i put on clown makeup and it's all downhill from there <laughs> yeah once you put on makeup and i believe me i'm in the same boat you know i was a comic who essentially got hired to be upchuck because uh well, i don't know if you know this now there was another upchuck at one point uh years yeah, and years I, ago i was not aware of that yeah like 20 some years ago there was another upchuck and he he was in some of their little movies that they were making and then they used him at a couple of the gatherings to host stuff well that guy was like a real estate guy or a banker so he had some kind of legitimate job and he could not get to the gathering one year and they said well we'll just hire a comedian and a comedian put him in the upchuck gear and, you know, one of my friends had gotten the call to do it and he didn't think it was right for him. So he gave it to me, you know, and I ended up calling them and going to their office. And I thought I would do this gig once and I'd make some money and I'd have a good story and that would be it. And that was, you know, 18 years ago. <laughs> so you know here you go it's, so you get sucked in man well, like, like how, how could you not like the, the whole the whole vibe of like their whole message and everything is all just like dude it's like hey man i don't care like what fucking backwards ass corner of the universe that you came from like when you're here you're family yeah you know? and and you know everything that i do for icp is always at their invite you know they always say hey we want you for this i don't really generally speaking hit them up and go hey man i want to do this show or whatever you know when they have a place for me they call me and i show up and do it and i do a good job and that's why i've been there for as long as i have been and uh i don't feel slighted in the least if they don't use me on something so um you know i just think whatever they use me on i will add to that and make it better and i think as you know the professional entertainers they are they get that when they have somebody like you or me there, they understand that, you know, this guy's going to do a great job and he's going to make the show better. And that's why you get that, on this. That's, that's what I found um, in, in making this movie, a pro wrestling movie, The Legend of Dirty Round, is that, man, we, we got so many incredibly talented comedians and wrestlers from Jeremiah Watkins, Frank Castillo, Adam Hunter as comedians to Rob Van Dam, Victoria, Effie, Katie Forbes. Mecca Wolf all the way down the line of, you know, independent professional wrestlers that have either been in the big companies or are on their way to the big companies. Yeah, so, know, that was really important to me. Yeah. So Mikey's been hitting me up about you. How long did you start making this movie? When? Because I feel like this has been going on for a while. So I, uh, I, I wrote that. Th okay. I got inspired about two years ago because mm -hmm. I was like, where else? I'm always looking to expand things. You know, I started wrestling 20 years ago. I kind of started stand up like 10 years ago, but then started it for real like seven years ago. So I'm all, you know, 
I've done some stunt work. I've done, you know, I've, I've been in you know, a couple of music videos and stuff like that. So I'm always like, all right, well, where else can we take what I'm doing and expand that so I don't have to have a real job? So I was like, I got inspired by those El Santo and Blue Demon movies. And I was okay, like, yeah. why aren't why aren't wrestlers making shitty movies today? You know, mm. so uh, like, hey, I was like, hey, well, with this Dirty Ron character, that would be kind of funny. Because like, what if because like Dirty Ron essentially is like the playboy son of the fast food mogul ronald mcdonald and he's kind of he's kind of a fuck up you know like he can't he can't uh stay hired you know um he's very unmanageable and my manager fired like finally gets the word from my dad to cut me off and fire me so i beat the holy hell out of my manager who's played by jeremiah watkins Co- uh, co-host of the kill tony podcast okay yeah um, I, i've seen the trailer in uh yeah yeah, so when I'm when I'm beating up the manager, um, a, a, a homeless guy sees me, and he happens to be a former big time champion. That's his character, but it's played by Rob Van Dam. So like Van Dam's like my Mick to my Rocky, and <laughs> right? He's like, listen, kid, and it's, it follows the Rocky storyline too. In that the world champion, who's played by Effie, who's basically like a, a gay Ric Flair, you know, to kind of put it bluntly. <laughs> um, that, that, that those were his words too, by the way. Not okay, no, um, that's... <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, looking I'm like at him. I, I get that vibe. I'm looking at him here on the Indiegogo, and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so he was. You know, uh, is um, where was I going with that? Oh, that, yeah. But basically, so he's he's fought everybody, and he's looking for a challenger. And they his his manager found out that the Burger Kids, the Burger son, is uh, is wrestling now. So like, all right, well let's uh, let's throw the Burger Kid a match. So that's the story, and uh, hopefully we'll, it'll be many movies to come. Well, that'll be great. Now, but you're trying to raise money because it's is it not done this this film? So okay, it, here was you'll you'll totally understand this. So um, it, we went we thought we were going to shoot it like an indie wrestling show, like with a couple lights, couple cameras. Let's let's fucking ten fifteen thousand dollar budget let's run this thing you know let's make a movie you know like how hard could it be <laughs> and then and then yeah yeah so so you've done film i heard that laugh. yeah I've, uh, I've been on movie sets i've i you know yeah so coming like pablo's a guy that shot for wildcat wrestling promotion luke hawks's promotion out in new orleans he shot for a bunch of different wrestling promotions so i was like pablo you know how to turn on a camera i'm better than i do <laughs> Let's let's make a movie. So he's like, sure, ten fifteen thousand dollars. So we started we started adding more crew that ha- has a extensive IMDb page. It doesn't just shoot independent wrestling; they shoot real multi million dollar films. So they're like, yo, you're not going to be able to shoot a full length feature film in six days. Mm. We we're like, yeah, we will. We'll just fucking run and gun and <laughs> bing bang boom. So it basically went from being a something that was going to be ready for fight TV to being something that's going to be ready for Netflix. So my $10,000 project became a $50,000 project real quick. I ran out of money. We're not done with the film. So we're raising another $50,000 to finish the thing. Yeah, and I, I could tell you from watching the trailer, it does look good. I mean, I have to give you credit. It, it, Thank it you. I mean, the, the quality just of the, the filmmaking and certainly the, the equipment seems like it was nice. You know, like like you can see that on the screen. That no, oh, this is I know enough about cameras to know that they're using good stuff here. For sure, and, yeah. you know, and, and to Pablo's credit, he also did know that, but it, he knew he knew his limits. You yeah. know, like accentuate your positives and hide your negatives. That's that's wrestling one on one right there. So he was like, all right, uh, I'll just get some lighting people and a director of photography and pe- people that that know what the hell they're doing. And you know, 
um, it, it was learning. It was hard learning. And, you know, being somebody who's 37 years old, uh, you know, I don't know if this is good or bad, but I've never had a loan. I've never had a credit card. I've never asked anybody for a dime, um, you know, and, and that to be 37 years old and to, you know, find out for the first time, hey, I got to kind of go around and ask people to support something that I, I, I need them to support. Not like, hey, I have a buy a ticket to my show. It's, hey, I made this thing and I'm kind of screwed here. So help me out and uh, <laughs> let's get this film made. Yeah, I mean, movies are such a tough thing. I mean, I guess now it's easier than ever to distribute them. And, and there's probably more outlets with streaming and that. But it, it, it's still a tough that, thing. Okay, so the, the oversaturation of that has made our marketing strategy uh um, very different from the way the films are out. We will not be streaming this film when it's done. Oh, you will okay. not see it. All right. You will not see it in theaters. I'm going to take myself, some of the comedians, and some of the wrestlers. We're going town to town to town and having an experience, just like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, where not only are you going to get, you know, a meet and greet and question and answer with some of the stars of the film, but during the film, it, there we're going to we have you know actors that'll be running up and down the aisles, throwing stuff at you, ca- dress up in referee <laughs> things during the big match, counting with everybody one, two, two as a big sing along. So like we we have a complete experience plan with this thing that hopefully is going to get, bring people back to live entertainment. You know, like well, yeah, when we can, sure, absolutely, it's. Uh... It, so, so some of these ass backwards states are already completely open. Yeah, you, so, you could know, tour I've, Florida right now with this thing. <laughs> I, I I have a feeling we're going to get there. Um, you know. Yeah, by 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 the end of the summer, probably. I think. Yeah, which hope. is going to be perfect you know, for what we're doing. Yeah. No, this looks this looks cool. Uh, I'm gonna. I haven't given you. I'm gonna give you money here. I'm gonna do that. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna start clicking right now. No, right. you know what? What uh, Upchuck what was the most important thing to me was that. You know, like, yeah, money's cool and all that, but it's just getting the trailer out there, you know? So I've done, you're you're definitely over my 30th podcast that I've done in the last oh, okay. three and a half weeks since we launched this. And, you know, I'll, I'll talk to five or 500,000 people. I don't care. I just want people to see this because I think it is going to change the way that, that, re- that wrestlers are able to show their talents outside the ring. I, I hired 20 current and former professional wrestlers on this film i plan on doing that forever you know this film is a film by pro wrestling fans for pro wrestling fans my mom was an independent wrestler back in the late 70s did like less than 100 matches you know like wrestling's in my blood i love this stuff so you know to be able to hire wrestlers and have them showcase their talents outside the squared circle i mean that that's 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 why we're doing this this way no and i i am absolutely i literally just finished uh submitting here Thank you so much. You got you got you got dope. some money out of me, and uh, hopefully <laughs> my fans will support this as well. And uh, you know it's cool. I I mean, look, I I've never done anything like this, and I don't even, you know, I don't charge any money for this show. You know, I don't have a Patreon. I don't have you know any. I've never asked people for money really. You know, it's uh, no sponsors, so I'm I'm spending the money to make this show, and I understand how that is. And if I couldn't yeah. do it. Um, I don't even know if I'd have, you know, maybe one of the reason I don't do more bigger projects is that I'm not comfortable asking people for money. I know that's hard. Um, it, it is. It's, you know, it's a, it's a different it's a different way to approach things. Yeah. I've always been somebody that was like, hey, if I don't have the money for it, I probably shouldn't be buying it. Yeah. You know? So, you know, to, to to see this journey and to get it out to 
professional wrestling fans and, and show them, hey, man, the, the, the whole process along the way. Yeah. You know, like, um, now, tell we, me. We, yeah, go ahead. We originally announced Tommy Chong is doing a uh, cameo. Oh, okay. Um, and then we backed off of that because we thought we were going to finish filming during COVID and we weren't, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. he wasn't going to be able to get on set. But uh, it looks like that thing's going to happen again. So, oh, Tommy's going to come on. Yeah, Tommy's, I worked with those guys at the gathering. They were, they were good guys. Yeah. He's, he's pretty expensive, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be worth it. Yeah, they're, they're pros. They know what they're worth. And, uh, you know, if you pay him, he'll do it and he'll do a good job on it, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, um, I mean, because one of the things I think with you, I got to if people don't know, I, I know and I've certainly seen you, you know, on wrestling uh, between, you know, your, what you did on Monday Night Raw. Why don't you tell everybody about that story? Because that's <laughs> so uh, cool. Coolest night of my life. Um, I, uh, you know, they, they use extras or they, they hit they hit up like local independent wrestlers um, whenever they're in town or. Like I did is I got a direct email address. So I was like, hey, I saw you guys are coming in town. Um, I, I looked jacked at the time. So I was like, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I'm still in pretty good shape, but like I, I was I was I was looking great. So I sent them a picture. They're like, sure, come on down. So I came down. They tell you um, they're like, you know, get dressed, um, you know, like hang out by the ring before Monday Night Raw and before SmackDown because it was a three-city loop. They did pay-per-view Raw and SmackDown, so they don't use shit for the pay-per-view, so you just hang out. Maybe they'll need an ambulance guy, right? But they didn't. So Monday, we get dressed up, we go by the ring, and this is when they were like, all right, well, you might have a time to get in there and show them what you can do. You know, like, I go in there and, like, have a practice match. So I was like, tight, you know, so I'm hanging around. Arn Anderson comes up to me, and he goes, he was like, all right, you two, you're working with Primo and Epico, and you two, you're working with Braun Strowman. So I was like, I, right. you know, like two on one, you know, whatever. So then, then, then they go over every spot, and I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, this is weird. And, and, and also, I'm not doing anything. Like, I have no, I have no idea what's going on at this point. I think this is a practice match. So we go over the whole thing. We go through the whole match three times. Every move, like turn this way, pull your head up this way, camera will be right here, all that. And then they hand me a script, and I was like, oh shit. This is on Monday Night Raw. Like this is segment ten on Monday Night Raw. Oh my God, I'm gonna be on Monday Night Raw. I'm reading further, and it has dialogue. One of us is yeah. gonna get to talk. <laughs> but so a couple I'm things. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna have to. Let I'll me fight to the death. Let me explain for those who don't know know wrestling. Braun Strowman is he was in like the world's strongest man contest. I think the guy's legitimately six nine or six ten or something. He's a legit. The giant Legit. guy, I mean, giant muscles, the scariest dude you ever saw, and at the time was getting this big push where he'd beat up like two guys at a time. So this is a really big deal for the for those of you who don't know. I mean, he's still in WWE today, but back then even he was like, "Who? No one can beat this guy, and he's going to kill all these guys." And of course, yeah. when you're talking about a script, is that you know the guys. Uh, that come on WWE and just lose, they never get to get a microphone and, and talk. So that's what happened here. You take it from there. Right, uh, great, great explanation. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's why I was so surprised. So I thought I was going to have to fight the guy because I was like, I'm talking on TV. I don't care what yeah. I don't care what I got to do. I'm I'm get, I'm going to be the one talking. So it wasn't even a fight. He was like, all right, you can have it. I was like, hell yeah. So yeah. they told us one thing. Is they go, they go, do not look into the camera. Vince hates that. He hates that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, all right, great. So you know what I did is I looked right into the fucking camera. I was like, <laughs> Fuck that. So, so right. So afterwards, um, I did the match and um, it was it was cool. He hit that dude hit me so hard. Like I was yeah. trying to do like 
goofy Looney Tunes faces when right. I landed and got hit. But he hit me so hard that I I, I did I saw black. Wow. You know, like, um. Anyway, at the end of it, we go we go through um go through gorilla position, which is where Vince McMahon and everybody, you know, all the older wrestlers and the next segment, you know, are, are going on TV next. Um, and that fucking I, I go back and I keep my head down. I'm just like, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, thank you guys. It was awesome, you know, whatever. Um, you know, glad handshaking or whatever. So I uh, I go back to the extras area. I, I grab a bottle of water and I go back to where all the other wrestlers are watching Raw on the TV. So I'm coming down the hallway and and it's a 40 foot hallway with like 30 people in it. You know, and down on the other side of the hallway, walking towards me, walking my direction is Vince McMahon. Okay, <laughs> so I'm like I'm like holy shit, this is awesome. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to wait for Vince to walk by me and then I'm going to say something to him. You know, like I hold, like this is this is what I've been waiting for my entire life, right? So as I'm thinking all this stuff. It feels like a year, right? It was probably two seconds. I look up, and he's halfway down the hallway now. But here's the horrible part. He's looking dead into my eyes. <laughs> dead into my eyes. And oh, I'm like, boy. Oh, fuck. He's going to yell at me. He's going to fuck. Like, oh, my God. They told me not to look in the camera. I looked in the camera. I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome. Here he is. There's no door. I can't go backwards. I can't go forwards. How am I going to get out of here? And all of a sudden, I look up, and here's this 25-foot man, Vince, <laughs> Vince McMahon, I swear he was no less than 37 feet tall. He's looking over me, right? And I like we're just like staring at each other. And I'm just in there in awe. And he's like like looking down at me like like he's about to say something. And I, it, it could have been two hours, it could have been two seconds. I don't know. And then he said, he said to me, he goes, You did a great job tonight, son. You did a great <laughs> job. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And I appreciate what you did. Thank you. And I was like, I I almost shit my pants, right? Yeah. I walk over to the TV area right behind me is Stephanie McMahon saying the same thing. So out of my route, Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling, um, you know, which is Vince McMahon, Triple H, Stephanie and Paul Heyman for the best uh, in the wrestling I ever had two of them to tell me I did a great job within the two minutes. There's nothing in the world that can top that. No, absolutely. That's that's tremendous. I mean, uh, like I said, guys to, in your position to come in and do kind of the squash match. To even get time on the mic to just show people that is really great, and uh, and I've seen you in other places too. Not yeah, I know you you've done a lot, of, but you know Ring of Honor's used you as an extra and stuff like that because I've I've been watching yeah, that, Ring of Honor pay per view and I I see Mikey on there and I'm like wow this is awesome. I did I tag team with Keith Kitaro, uh in Ring of Honor and uh, shortly after that Monday Night Raw match. Yeah, so that's terrific, yeah, and, and then and then your own wrestling is. Uh, you're promoting stuff, right? I mean, or you were, or where is that oh, with pandemic am. and yeah, but you know, with, with people not able to run shows and all that. Yeah. Um, well, uh, we've still been, what we did is, uh, we re- we revolutionized the way that, uh, the wrestling was saw- seen during the pandemic. We were the first promotion in the world to run a live show with a live audience after the shutdown. And what we did, we did drive in wrestling. Okay. Um, this got this got me a lot of press coverage. Got me coverage in the L.A. Times. Got me coverage uh, by some prominent wrestling writers. And we were the first company in the world to have a live audience after COVID. And we had it on May 16th. We did five of these, and it was just like a drive-in movie theater. We had a radio transistor transistor that you like tuned into like 107.8 or whatever, 107.7, and you listened to the commentary. Um, we streamed these all over you know the world for free, and uh, we were able to do that. Um, and we found success with it. 
No, that's terrific, man. That's uh, you're a hustler. That's a good thing. Yeah, you know, like hearing you say that, I appreciate it. But sometimes when people call me a hustler, I feel like it's a derogatory. Well, term. I mean, you're you're well. Look, there are negative terms. I mean, you're a hustler in that you hustle to make your money and to get your name out there. Sometimes oh, yeah. hustler is a scammer and somebody who lies to you. But that's not the way I'm using it. No doubt, no doubt, no. That, that's what I'm saying is that sometimes. It's a it's a term of endearment, like coming from somebody I respect, like you. Yes. And yeah. then you know, so, sometimes they're like, oh, like uh, you know, I don't know, I, I can't think of a good instance. Oh, you're you're <laughs> you're just a hustler. Well, oh, okay. yeah, you could be a hustler, like a pool hustler, is somebody who takes people's money. Yeah, I, see, I, I'll take somebody's money, but I'll give them <laughs> something in return. Well, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I've seen Mikey. I remember running. We ran into. I think the last time, I probably saw him in person, might have been in uh, in Long Beach. Is that correct? Do you think that was it, or have you been? Because you were in Detroit. You came to the Comedy Castle one night, and I'm trying. To I just, did do that. I see Yo, you all yeah, over. I saw you down there for. Uh... <laughs> New, New Japan, Japan yeah, it? it was the the first New Japan pro wrestling shows in the U.S. It was summer of uh, seventeen in Long Beach, and I'm checking into the hotel, and I see uh, see my friend Kevin Gill, and I'm like, oh, Kevin's here, and I kind of expected to see Kevin, and then uh, there's you, <laughs> I'm like Mikey's yeah. here, Mikey's everywhere. I, God, I must have seen you in. No, I know. I think you were at the Oklahoma City gathering, right? Indeed, I was. Oh, that was the worst gathering of all time. But <laughs> it well, had nothing oh, to do God. with you, but that fucking place that we did that gathering oh, in was it, such a piece it, of shit. Dude, we could talk a year about yeah, that. Yeah, it was I, horrible. We drove from San Diego, so it was a 20-hour drive. Yeah, well, we drove from Detroit straight through, and that was, God, I, I can't remember if that was 18 hours or so. It was long as hell, yeah. Dude, it was, and it was like Oklahoma City. It was just a boner of a city. Yeah. like. You know, I was I, I I don't really like any any state that I have to drive through that like is not cool with medical marijuana. Well, least, you know, they did not want us at that place and in that city at all. That yeah, was, well, I mean, as much as you go, like, well, no, but who really wants the juggalos around? You know, the local people make a lot of money off of that event, and without a doubt, and this Oklahoma City boy, you would have, I mean, you would have thought we were awful people. <laughs> No, you know it's uh, it's a, like it's it's so much fun, but like like why did, I don't know why why did they pick Oklahoma City? Uh, you know, it was one of those things. I think that was the year that they had this place in Missouri, like in the lakes of I don't know enough about Missouri, but I guess there's like this vacation area that's like the lakes, and they have camp Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah, okay, there you go. Uh, and, and it was going to be there, and then they shut it down. So Oklahoma City was, you know, a water park, and you saw what constitutes a water park in Oklahoma City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a shitty man-made lake with like a slide, um, and then the rest it of it was like dirt. Promoters, mud yeah. show promoters of of Water World. It was it was like a it was like a just it was like a patch of dirt with a lake in it. Yeah, and then like the main stage for the concerts is like. It was like a picnic pavilion or something. It was unbelievable. I've never seen like a more rinky. And and I'm saying this with all due respect because when ICP puts on a show, you know they spend oh, money, yeah. and it's usually you know like this professional stage that gets driven in by you know giant flatbed truck, and then it's hoisted into the air with giant trusses and lights and sound. And it was like, no, we're doing this like it's the the Boy Scout jamboree. And I was like, Jesus Christ. It was, it was quite, the, it quite was, the experience. That was a real pathetic one. And here's a, here's a funny thing that I did that you might respect. Um, 
So the last night of the gathering, I was done in the afternoon. So ICP plays the last night. And I was like, okay, uh, usually I go back, even though I'm not working, I'll go back and watch the final show, do Fago Armageddon if I'm there, you know, in the upchuck outfit and everything. But it was the night of the, uh, it was a John Jones, Daniel Cormier UFC pay-per-view that night. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and there was a Buffalo Wild Wings within walking distance of the hotel. So I oh, actually no wrapped up my shit at the gathering and on, you know, and I couldn't go home because I was taking a bus with the crew back to Detroit. I was actually driving the bus. That's another story. But so I said, uh, do I want to watch ICP on the last night of the gathering in this shitty mud hole fucking thing? Or do I want to sit in Buffalo Wild Wings, eat food and watch UFC, <laughs> which is what I did. But, and, hey. and, and Cormier and Jones never disappoint. Yeah, I mean, Cormier got beat, but hey, he always did. But no, I was, you know, it was it was just something I did. That gathering was such a bummer that I was like, I think I'd rather do this. You know, I think I'd who, who rather excites you in UFC right now. Uh, you know, honestly, I've kind of fall. I, I want to say I've fallen off on UFC because I will see every main show eventually. Even though I don't watch it live. I'll, I'll get it later. But, um, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't know that there's a guy that I well, that I was a chimmy off the guy. He got covid. He was real good. He was yeah, beating yeah, a lot of guys on his exciting. way up. And, um, you know, the main event guys, I mean, it's just, you know, Amanda Nunez is unbelievable. Unbelievable. She's beaten everybody. Right. That women's uh, fight from earlier last year, right? It was, wasn't it right before the shutdown with uh, Joanna got like the, she got beat into the shape of an alien head. Oh, Do you remember yeah. that fight? It was the yeah, Chinese yeah. woman that beat her up. Uh, that was cool. So, yeah, I'm like I'm. I still see it, but I'm definitely like when UFC comes around, it's like, oh, there's UFC tonight or there's UFC this week. I'm not you waiting know, yeah, months like, and I months was, for these shows I, like I used to, like I used to care in a way that I don't. There, there, there was a reason I asked you that. I was having a conversation with somebody earlier the, earlier today about just watching. It was actually wrestling, but, it, you know, it, it applies to UFC, too. I'm just uninspired by the things I see on TV now. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Like, like I don't, I don't, I don't, I hate to sound like that old curmudgeon type of guy now, but like, man, like I'm just not inspired. I'm not inspired by, like, I, I watched PKFC, the bare knuckle fighting championship. Yeah. That's fun. Those guys are having fun. You yeah. Know what I haven't like, seen that one, but when I, when I'm watching pro wrestling, when I'm watching UFC, I'm just, I'm not inspired. These like, I just don't feel like anybody's it, like, like go like cares they like they, you know like they I don't know man I don't know like UFC's been wild for me I haven't really you know it's like uh, you know it's cool when Connor fights I guess but same with wrestling it's like I'm not inspired I I, I used to be inspired you well, know wrestling I mean was so hot for like five years until the pandemic hit and. It's just not what it was. And, you know, WWE is his own problems. And then, you know, I mean, you got AEW now, which I like, but it also took away from the independents, which were so exciting for so many years. And I, I don't want I don't want to hate on AEW. Yeah. Right. But it just feels like none of these companies care about getting new fans. You know what I'm saying? Like creating new fans. Like WWE, I guess, kind of does it because they just do it from birth you know they're like all right we'll go after kids you know so but i guess with this bad bunny thing like cool you know like, like they, they got you know they got uh they got some new audience there but like like aew i feel like it's just like trying to take wrestling fans away from watching other wrestling to watch their wrestling it's like you know like it's, it's un i don't know 
I don't no, know. No, I agree with you. I, and, you know, uh, you know, I think one of those things, you know, in the last five years was that you can see anything from Japan pretty much live if you want to. And right. that was really exciting. But that the novelty of that has worn off to where right. it's now it's just, okay, it's another show and you watch it like you watch anything else. And it's good, but it's also not a thing that maybe is inspiring. I think the thing for me with the independence was you would go to these small venues and even, you know, Ring of Honor, I'm talking, you know, 500 people. Or Evolve. Right. I went to all the Evolve shows that took place in Detroit before they folded. And, you know, you'd go and you'd go into the small venue and you'd watch this wrestling and you'd be right up close. Yeah. And if you wanted to meet the guys, you could meet the guys. You could shake their hand. You could hang out with them after if you wanted to. You know, there was this whole thing that really made you love it in a way that you could never get with WWE. And now that's kind of gone. Right. Yeah. That, that, and see, like, that's that's I guess that's what I'm talking about, yeah. because they take these guys that were inspired that were like, that woke up and were like, I can't wait to do my match today Mm -hmm. because I get to show off my creativity and show why I love wrestling and how I love wrestling as a wrestler. But now it's just like, they just scoop all those guys up, throw them through their system. I, and it's, it's all of them too. And like, yeah, it, it, man. And I guess, I guess this whole conversation really is just me going back to like, my, the way that we're promoting wrestling down here is that we're trying to connect with an audience, you know, like we're trying yeah. to go back to manipulating emotions and yeah. giving you somebody to love and giving you somebody to hate. Like people are scared to be a heel these days because they don't want to get canceled for saying something a little off color. But like, isn't that what we need in the world? Yeah. Like Jesus Christ would not have been such a great baby face without the devil, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. well- <laughs> right. I got, how many times have you heard that one? You know, like like we need characters. We need something to feel inspired. We need to feel. We need to feel again. I don't yeah. know. Well, that's that's why I think indie stuff and even what what ICP was doing with JCW and I, you know, I ring announced for JCW for years and they years. Said that's fun. And it was like, boy, some of those shows, man. I would watch, you know, Cole Cabana dressing up as the the police officer, and he oh, would go great. out there. And people were just throwing shit at Cold Cabana. And, you know, we're at St. Andrew's Hall, you know, this legendary rock venue. And Cabana's just working this audience, getting them all. You know, we would take a kid out of the crowd and we'd, he'd bust him for drugs and arrest him and haul him backstage. And, you know, it, it was just so fun. And people got so mad. And it's like you'd leave that or you'd leave, you know, an indie show where you really felt like you got to participate in it. And you'd go, I'm a big fan of Ring of Honor now. I'm a big fan of, you know, whatever it be, PWG or Evolve or these things you'd go to. We'd well, go, ah, fuck WWE. Those things suck because I get to go to this show every couple of months and have, like, the greatest time of my life. And now, you know, that doesn't exist. And it would be a thing where, like, people were fans of the promotions in a way that I don't feel may not be there going forward. There's, there's, not, there's, not, brand, there's not brand loyalty on the independent scenes. You know, like, like, you know, like, like, and, and that's kind of what sucks too, is I'm finding a lot, um, is that a bunch of independent wrestlers, they kind of just are like, Oh, well, you know, I'm just like putting in my time until I get a WWE yeah. tryout. Like, I don't really give a shit. Like, I'm just, this is just kind of like practice. I don't really care where I'm like, I'm like, yo, you're giving me a stage with fucking people around it. I'm popping these motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, let's, let's get it on and pop. Like, let's, Let's, I want to see some. I want to see some emotion. I want. I want to manipulate what's going on in the wor- in your world in front of your face to get you inspired, to get you to feel something. You know. Yeah. No, the and indie I, guys know, were were you know they would have matches on some of these shows where it was like, this is our WrestleMania, and it'd be five hundred people. 
And there you'd with, see guys go out and, and work, you know, 40 minute main events and stuff. And it was like, wow, you know, it, you know, independent wrestling use like, like, yeah, you know, like I, I, I want I want to feel inspired again. I want, I want to watch wrestling. I want to watch fighting and I want to, I want to watch things where I feel like people are inspired. I watch, I've been a wrestling fan my entire life. I love this stuff, you know? So like, and, and that, I think that's what we're trying to do, not only with the promotion that I'm running, but like with, with this film, too. You know, we're showing this when Pablo and I came up with this um, once upon a time in Hollywood was just coming out. You know, Quentin Tarantino's love letter to Hollywood. And we were like, we're going to steal that tagline because our film, a pro wrestling movie, The Legend of Dirty Ron, is our love letter to the wild, wacky world of professional wrestling. Like we're the like. Wrestlers and wrestling are the best form of, of live entertainment ever. Not only are we comedy, action, drama, improv, stunts, all in one take with an audience 360 degrees around us. And we're throwing other dudes around in our fancy underwear while we're sweating and trying to not get beer thrown on us. You know, like where else do you see entertainers that possess that that much value that, you know, that much ability? And, you know, like the world needs to see that and they need to see it in a, in a different light. And hopefully, you know, I, the the little bit of light change that I'm trying to do over here is gonna is gonna make somewhat of a difference to one or two people, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm gonna end this with one one quick story here, because uh, this is the only I don't think I've ever told this story on the show. Because I don't do a lot of wrestling on this show. I feel like this is more of like the comedy show, and I talk to sure. comedians. And but I talk wrestling. I've had Kevin Gill on, and you know some some you know I tell wrestling stories occasionally, or if I go to a show, I'll talk about it a little bit. But in working for ICP and doing JCW and ring announcing, I only really did one real what I would consider a physical thing and I kind of bring this back to what you were talking about with Braun Strowman for you is I started a feud with uh, the guy with the top heel in JCW I started a feud with a guy named Corporal Robinson I don't know if you know Corp oh yeah okay so I started this feud with now this was a feud where I had a I had a talk show on uh, their streaming rate, I think it was called W Fuck Off Radio. It was streaming radio. It wasn't podcast. It was kind of a little before that or before they were doing it anyway, where we do W Fuck Off Radio. And he was doing a big match where he, I think he was going to wrestle Violent J somewhere. And I was on Violent J's side. So I started cutting promos on Corporal Robinson. Now, look, I've never wrestled, but I've been a fan my whole life and I'm a comic. So I can cut a, I can cut a good promo on somebody oh, yeah, and, really, and really piss them off, you know? And you guys know the show. I certainly cut promos on people like Oprah Winfrey on the, in the past on this show, you know, people I don't like. So I'm going, and this is all wrestling because Corp and I get along, you know, behind the scenes. Well, he didn't have a very good sense of humor about this whole thing. <laughs> and, you know, we did this thing and he would come into the studio. I'd be recording and, you know, my back is, you know, I, so I'm facing, you know, my board. He would come in and he'd, he'd choke me out while I was on the air and like legitimately like put his hands around my throat. It's like, Fuck. what the fuck's with this guy? And, and, you know, he does have, he's got a kind of a reputation for, you know, I mean, he's one of those, he's a deathmatch wrestler. And, you know, yeah, certainly he would, he would take a guy like me who's not a wrestler and, and try to show me how real it is. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, so Corp, eventually at the gathering of the Juggalos, I'm the judge at something called Juggalo Night Court. Do you ever attend one of those events? I, I don't. I don't think so, so. We have like it's the people's court, but it's for Juggalos. Right. Okay. So Juggalos can I'm settle sold. their differences 
in a court. And if you lose, you get punished. And there's all kinds of funny punishments. And I was the judge. Well, one night, Corporal Robinson, after he's done wrestling, shows up at my tent at the gathering and says, Up, Chuck, we're going to settle our beef right now at Juggalo Night Court. And I go, well, that's okay, but I'm the judge, you know. And he goes, well, I got a different judge. And he brought Shaggy 2-Dope with him from ICP. Oh, fuck. And he says, we're going to settle our differences right now and whatever. I, I, let's just say this was not a fair trial. And <laughs> I lost. And I lost. I lost the trial. And the Juggalos were, were, of course, not, you know, Shaggy was on corpse side and I was the bad guy at this point. And it's like, oh, yeah. all right, I have to get punished. And Shaggy says, well, here's your punishment. You're going to take a chair shot. Oh, oh, no. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So Shaggy, you know, who, by the way, one of the sweetest guys in the world, Joey uh, Shaggy 2-Dope, is really a great guy. And he goes, we're going to do this, you know. So Corp goes to get a chair, and Shaggy grabs my arms. So I'm going to take this, you know, arms behind my back, mm. chair shot from Corporal Robinson. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. And uh, but Shaggy, again, sweetest guy in the world, says to me, he's like, he whispers in my ears, he's old Rams, he's like, listen, just take it, just take it. And I know wrestling and I know I know my role. I know I'm the heel in this situation. This is my punishment. I'm going to get mine. I so I know I'm going to sell this thing. Right. I know <laughs> he's going to hit me. I hope it's not hard. I hope he's going to take it easy on me because I'm not a trained wrestler. And right. uh, I'm going to go down and I'm going to sell this thing. And he's, you know, Shaggy's holding my arms and he's like, just take it, just take it. And, and uh, granted, this was one of those, uh, like, kind of more like an outdoor chair with a metal frame and a plastic seat and a oh, plastic no. thing. But, you know, they're light, so you can swing those things really, really fast. Really hard. Yeah. And Corp just rears back. And he hit me as hard as you could hit another human being with a chair, oh, right no. in the crown of the head. And I go down because I know I got to sell this. And I go down. And You're conscious. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm conscious. I didn't get knocked oh. out, but I'm selling it. So I'm down and I'm out selling, you know. Right. But I'm like, well, my head doesn't hurt. But then my neck, I feel like it like compressed my vertebrae uh -huh. or something in my oh, neck. Did. And I'm okay. down and I'm selling it. And I, I guess I was selling it so good because Shaggy comes up to me and goes, are you okay? Are you actually? I go, no, I'm selling. I'm selling. And then they go back to celebrating. Um, but it hurt my neck like a motherfucker, man. It was not fun. Oh, dude. It was man, not fun. I, and he did not, not take I'm it not easy on me at one all. Up you. No. I've taken a couple, though. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I, I exactly. Probably, I probably can compress some shit in my neck without but, a doubt. You know, I mean, it's like, but, but my feeling is Corp working with a guy who is, you know, a comedian, not a wrestler. You don't have to fucking hit the guy as hard as you can. No, like a million percent. You don't. Um, you know, I've uh, I've done extensive work with Sabu, and like you know, he has a way. He, there's an art yeah. to being able to look like a maniac, but also yeah. be safe to your opponent. Well, I you would know? I would introduce Sabu, and he would chuck a chair. Right, you know, Sabu's running down, and he throws a chair. So I learned to turn towards him as I was doing his intros. <laughs> for, for, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But, you know, I would call it a, an unprotected chair shot to the head. I've taken one. Oh, dude. And uh, probably probably not your best day. No, and I don't plan on taking more of those. <laughs> yeah. But, do, do, uh, do not try this at home. No. Uh, it, it applies. But that's the thing that I definitely learned being around wrestling and ring announcing was that, you know, like these guys are very highly trained guys. And 
they would do stuff, you know, even as the ring announcer, you know, guys would threaten you, you know, Kevin Sullivan chased me around the ring. And, you know, there were things like that. But I never felt unsafe ever in a ring with wrestlers aside from that one moment. You know, wrestlers, wrestlers are most of us are trained killers, you know, like, yeah. like, yeah, it's predetermined or whatever. But most of us are. Well, we're all athletes and most of us are trained killers and we, you have to protect your opponent. You have to you have to know that that the per, you can trust your life in the hands of another human being that you might have only met 20 minutes yeah. ago. So that, that 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 brothership, their brotherhood and sisterhood inside of professional wrestling. That's why you felt like that. And yeah. it's, it's a bummer to hear the corp did that to you. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, you know, somebody yeah, probably f- gave him a stiff one. He too, fucked so. me right up. Well, look, he's uh, and again, I don't want to get in a thing with him because we always got along me and me and corp. Uh, and, and, you know, whatever. But I know he had he's had his uh, his difficulties, too. So I hope he's doing well. Uh, let's just leave it at that <laughs> and uh, we'll move no on. Doubt. So, uh, but I hope you're doing well. I'm really excited uh, for this. Hopefully uh, this thing. I want to see you finish this. And I, well, I want to uh, I want to come and see it if it a chance it rolls through Michigan here. Uh, you know, up, up Chuck, I guarantee. I mean, let me let me Vince McMahon guarantee you this. Um, <laughs> OK, I don't stop. I don't stop until I complete a project. You don't. It's not over until you quit. Whether we get this Indiegogo, um, I, I I did have high hopes for the Indiegogo. But unfortunately, I just don't have a big a very big voice right. in the wrestling community. So. It, you know, we're, we're going through other forms. We're going to get this thing done one way or another because, you know, I don't stop until things are over. Um, and I'm not giving up on this. I believe in this. Rob Van Dam believes in this. All the cast and crew believe in this thing. Um, and and we all, we're all going to make finish this thing, you know, one way or the other. Um, you know, if people have anything bad to say about me or anything I've ever done, we'll keep talking because <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing shit. You know, like we're, we're, not, we're not stopping anytime soon. Um, I'm 37. I feel like I'm 17. So we're rocking and rolling movies to come re- live wrestling to come. Who knows? Maybe a couple dick jokes here and there. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and I'm definitely coming to Detroit to show that thing. Definitely. And I'll be there for sure. hundred percent, man. It'll be awesome. Um, so yeah, pro wrestling movie, the legend of dirty Ron, the Indiegogo is up. I'll have a link to it over at joelradio.net. So go give Mikey some money. I did it. And you guys should too. Mikey's uh, a great dude. It's been a pleasure of being your friend for the last five years. We never see each other, but that's okay. Just know, hey, I'm, just know I'm your friend, whether we're talking or not. Ty. You know what I mean? A hundred percent, man. Anytime I roll through Detroit, up Chuck's the first guy I'm hitting up. <laughs> you know, you got to hook up at the comedy club. Yeah, I'm still. I, I work at the comedy club. I'm still there. If you want to come out, you let me know, and uh, we'll see what we can do for you. You're always the man, dude. I appreciate you. Thanks, Mikey. Good luck with the movie, man. Thanks, dude. I'll All talk right, to you later, soon. Mikey right. Gordon. Everybody, Peace. later. All right, Mikey G. What a character, man. That guy is good. Wrestling stories, funny guy, and really, honestly. This pro wrestling movie, The Legend of Dirty Ron, watch the trailer at the Indiegogo page. It's actually funny. It didn't it, it I mean, is it dumb? But that's the idea. You want a stoner comedy? You like stoner comedies, you like wrestling. I think this is for you, and I'll watch that for sure. I gave him a couple of bucks. Why not? Let him make a movie. Maybe he'll win an Oscar one day. You see what's nominated for the Oscars. We're gonna talk about that in a minute with Layla. <laughs> so go support Mikey Gordon. All right. Let's move on. Let's see if Layla's ready to come in. See if she's too excited from, too tired from babysitting, maybe. I don't know what we did. <laughs> maybe she is. Let's see if she's in. Hello, Layla. Hello. How's it going? 
It's going. It's good. <laughs> it's going. <laughs> well, today we're going to talk movies and Oscar nominations and that in a second. But yeah. we had the thrill of babysitting. We did. Recently. We did. Which people go, well, like, who cares? People babysit all the time. I have not had a baby yeah. ever in this house as long as I've lived here. Mm-hmm. We had Layla's 51-week-old nephew. 51? <laughs> So he's one week shy of his birthday. Yep. Uh, the plan was he would come over for... They'd drop him off in the morning. We'd feed yeah. him dinner. i put him in his pajamas eight, and take him home. Eight, ten hours tops right. of us just feeding him, getting him out of their house so they could uh, do a little touch-up mm-hmm. for his birthday celebration the following week. Right. Well... It turned into a sleepover. <laughs> turned over to a sleepover with a one-year-old in our house... Not baby-proof. Not even a little. At all. We've got a big staircase in the living room. We've got a 70-inch TV that is not secured to the wall or anything. Nope. Um, Glass tables that have sharp edges. (laughs) Like, it was maybe not a great place for a baby to be. No, we watched him, and we took care of things the best we could. Yeah, and he likes us. I mean, that's the thing we have going for us. We've hung out with him literally since... You know, the, the day he was born, the mm-hmm. weekend he was born. So he knows us very well, and he's right. comfortable around us, which mm-hmm. really helped. Yeah. Um, I think he had a good time. Especially at, me. I think he had a good time at our house. He didn't want to explore too much. He'd like to grab my finger, mm-hmm. and then I'd walk, and he'd kind of, even though he can walk on his own. Right. But he's only been doing that for like three weeks or something, so right. he's pretty new to that. But uh, yeah, we had to find a way for him to sleep. Yeah. And that got challenging. That did. Mm-hmm. And I know my brother and sister-in-law struggled with it because they were already having the hard time of him being here. Yeah. This was the furthest he's ever yeah, been he's away never, from Yeah, he's never not the spent longest. the night. Yeah. Right. Well, just <laughs> being this far, just this half hour. Physically where they the live, yeah. the he's ever been. Yeah. And then, well, he's been up north with them. But, right, yeah. but physically away from them. Yeah. This is the furthest. Mm-hmm. So they were struggling with that. And then I know them asking if we would be okay with that, if I yeah. was comfortable. So we get the call. <laughs> right. You know, several hours in, hey, can he spend the night? And we're like, uh, yeah, sure. Because yep. he'll just sleep with us. What could go wrong? It went wrong. But, you know, I mean, most look, he's he's one. Right. He doesn't know. First of all, a one year old does not know. Here is a bed. It's longer on one side. Right. So you put your body long ways Mm -hmm. in the bed. Not to him. No. To him, a bed is like I'm the right length to go the other way in the bed. So he wants to lay that way. And he wants to kick you. Yeah. And and then I, I got kicked. I got yep. kicked in the eye. I got kicked in the face. Well, I got kicked and it was, you know, we were struggling to. Well, remember that at one point he just sat up. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd look up and you see a little. Head yeah. So there. When he was sitting there and he would look at me mm-hmm. and I'm like, what are you doing, CJ? And he'd look at the nightstand and he uh-huh. saw a water bottle. Oh, so he loves water bottles, yeah. and he was giving me this devilish look in the middle of the night trying to get to that right. stinking water bottle. Mm-hmm. 
And then finally, you were just like, I'm going to take him downstairs. Yeah. Layla got a couple hours with him before I did, although I don't think you slept. No. And then we tried together, and then he was so restless, I said, I'm going to take him into the other bedroom, mm -hmm. and we'll sleep there. He'll sleep with me. That way, at least you can, at least one of us is going to get sleep. Right. And then, you know, he was, he was, he, he was up at a point with me. Right. And then um, I said, okay. Uh, well, there's wrestling going on in Japan. <laughs> it's the middle of the night. But in Japan, they're having a wrestling show that I can watch right now on New Japan World. <sighs> Put that on, and uh, he sat up and watched a little wrestling with me, which, you know. And, and the thing about it was like, New Japan Pro Wrestling's not super bloody or anything, so it wasn't like... Right. He just, his eyes got very wide well, watching yeah, wrestling. He's seeing something he's never seen yeah. before. And then he did lay down and we ended up getting some sleep. And then yeah. at, at a point he was up and then you got up and I said, take I the kid in the over. living room and I can sleep. And then yeah. I got a couple hours and, yeah. you know, so it was, it was a struggle. Uh, we did have this, um, we took one of our love, well, one of our, our love seat. Uh, yeah. So we have a love seat and a couch mm -hmm. living room. We turned that love seat sort of sideways to keep him out of some things in the living room. Right. But I said, hey, he's tired. Let's put him on this love seat. We'll make a little bed. Mm -hmm. We'll take the couch pillows, put those on the floor in case he rolls off. And he was sleeping really good there. He was. And then we decided we can't do that. We don't have a baby monitor. We couldn't leave him If he gets night. up and we go to a bedroom, we're not going to be able to monitor or anything. Mm -hmm. So we had to take him into bed. But I think if he comes again, I think that that would be the plan. Well, hopefully next time it would be like a pack and play or something. Yeah. Because I really don't want to keep him on the couch either. Well, I mean, he could get up and try climbing the stairs. You never know. But right. I mean, I think if we had a monitor... That would be good, too, mm -hmm. which we didn't have, but we could get the one that they have. Mm -hmm. So, but he liked us. Yep. He ate for us. He was a very good boy otherwise. He was very good. Changed some diapers. I'm sorry, who changed some uh, diapers? We collectively changed diapers. So did, did we? Yes, we did. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let me ask you this. Uh -huh. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Let's say, and you're in the medical field. Yeah. You have a surgery done. Yeah. Who does the surgery? The surgeon. The surgeon does the surgery. Uh-huh. And who assists the surgeon? The nurses. And what does the nurse say? The nurse says, I was in there doing surgery. They don't say they did the surgery. Well, what, did they, what do they say? They were in the they operating were in, room. Sorry, well. <laughs> you literally took his pants off. <laughs> I was there. And Wait walked away. <laughs> I didn't walk away. I stayed. That's not true. I helped. Not for the bad one. And I witnessed what it's like to change him in the event I should need to change and him. And it's rough. Now I know how to change him. Well, he cries. He does. He hates it. You have to give him something to play with. Well, he was playing. I was holding his hands and stuff. But when you weren't there, I was giving him, like, the bag. Yeah. Look, we did with. a good job. We did. And I helped. And I did you my did. fair share, you and did. it was good. Yes, you did. Yeah, and he likes me, and we had a nice time. Mm -hmm. Nice time outside. He likes sitting outside, mm -hmm. watching the cars go by. Yeah. It was nice. He's a cutie patootie. He is a good boy. So we had fun with him, even though we didn't sleep very much over the weekend. And I'm going to be his favorite auntie. Well, I think you already are. Yeah, I know. And I'm the <laughs> favorite uncle. Uh, according to my brother, you're my friend. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, because I'm not married to you. I'm not the yep, uncle. He's going to pull that crap. Yep. Mm -hmm. Whatever. 
Because I wrote on the birthday card, love Auntie Layla and Uncle Joel. Yeah. He goes, oh, this is from Auntie Layla and her friend Joel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the friend. The friend. I know about that. All right. My mom and I had a good laugh. I bet you did. <laughs> the, 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 the birthday party I could not attend. I know. As I was earning money to provide for you. <laughs> so have your chuckles. Mm-hmm. All right, we got to talk movies and TV here with Layla. And again, we got a long list of stuff. We'll probably pick and choose as we did last time. But before that, let's look at Oscar. The, you know, the Oscar nominations came out. And I do this every year, Movie Mania. Mm-hmm. Now, the Oscars are until April 25th. So okay they're like that? 40 days away. A ridiculous 40 days away. I did my uh, thing. I, I believe I need to see eight movies. Oh, that's it? Yeah, so it's not too bad. We've, you, we've done very well. Yeah, we, we've done a good job sort of covering these. So I uh, wanted to see, do you have to watch... Hmm. You have to watch Borat? You have yes, to watch Borat? Borat is a thing. I have, let's go through the best picture before we go through that. Because, uh, okay, of the ten best... Uh, there's eight nominated best pictures. What? I've seen seven of the eight. Oh, nice. And I'll review a couple of them today for you. But The Father is the one that I have not seen. It has not been released on any kind of home video format or streaming at this point. It is in theaters. So, Layla. So, Joel. I contend we could go to the movies and see The Father. We both have vaccinations. I thought you were asking me out on a date. Yeah, I am. I'm asking you to see The Father, which is a movie about uh, dementia in that, which is probably not going to be a lot of fun, but it's so the I'm, two lead actors are nominated in their categories, and it's it's the one best picture, and I don't know. So, so that's the one I haven't seen. So basically, we're both going to cry like little babies during this movie? There's a chance of that. The other movies are Judas and the Black Messiah, mm-hmm. which I'll review today. Mank, which is on Netflix, I'll review that today. Minari, I'm going to review that today as well. Nomadland... Uh, which is on Hulu, Promising Young Woman, which you can rent, Sound of Metal, which is on Prime, and Trial of Chicago 7, which is also on Netflix. So that is eight movies there. I've seen seven of the eight. Best Director is a category. I go and see all of those. The only one I haven't seen there is Another Round, which is from Finland, I think, Sweden, somewhere like that. Hmm. Uh, And I actually, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that movie. Uh, So that's one... It's about guys who drink. Oh, so like all another day. round of drinks. Yeah, it's like another round. And they, I guess the idea is that I guess the premise is uh, you're supposed to stay. How can you stay drunk all day and still function in society? <laughs> so, Aren't, isn't that called an alcoholic? I guess. But that's what this movie's about. And then David Fincher for Mank, uh, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland and Emerald Fennel. For promising young woman, uh, the other ones I need to see in Best Actor. I've again, I've seen everything but Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Um, Chadwick Boseman was in Best Actor. I think when we reviewed uh, Ma Rainey's, I said he'd get a supporting nod, mm-hmm. but you can be nominated in either one. But I said to you, I thought he should be Lead. the Best Actor. Okay, well he is there, yeah. but then in Supporting Actor, um, the two guys from Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. are both nominated as supporting, and they're like the two leads of the movie. But maybe because they're both the leads, they're supporting? Uh, it's Again, lead and supporting is is really just a semantic thing. 
you submit for which either category you think you're going to get. Uh, so in that one, uh, I've seen all of those movies at this point. Uh, for Best Actress, that's where you get... Uh, actually, Best Actress is... Uh, the one that I haven't seen is The United States versus Billie Holiday, which is on Hulu. It's a Lee Daniels movie who's made some big movies over the past, but it's getting really bad reviews for a movie that people thought was going to be good. So that's one I'll need to see. Uh, And Sporting Actress, then you've got Maria Bakalova for Borat, the sequel. Mm. So that's one, and that's on Prime. Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy, which is another movie nobody seems to like. That's on Netflix. I don't know. Maybe you'll want to watch that one. Um, Olivia Coleman in The Father, again, has something I haven't seen. And, uh, yeah, the other ones I saw. And then I also do, so that's the four acting categories. And then I do documentary. Now, here, I did a pretty good job on documentary. I got three out of five. Anyway, it's Crip Camp, which we liked, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, My Octopus Teacher. The hell is that? Which I think I talked about that last time, right? No, it's on the list for today. Oh, okay, maybe we'll talk about it today. That's on Netflix. Because I said, what the hell? And then Time, which we didn't like. Did I watch that? Yes, it's about the lady whose husband's in jail and she's raising her kids. It's oh, in black yeah, and white. Oh, yeah, that was dumb. It's on Prime, yeah. Time was... It's a great story. I didn't think it was a great movie. And then I've got to see Collective, which is, I think, from... Where, where, where is Collective from? Because It's from Romania. And you can rent that one, so I'll probably be renting that one. And The Mole Agent, which is on Hulu, which about? is also foreign. The Mole Agent, uh, I read the description on Hulu. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. A guy um, goes undercover in a nursing home Ooh. to look at treatment of old people. I might like that. So, But, it, you know, you have to, it's subtitled. Okay. You may not like it because it's subtitled. You know, I'm a little tired of you assuming things like that, because I'm pretty sure I watched Parasite. You did watch Parasite. Without you. Without me. Completely so, alone. you telling me I'm probably not going to like this after <laughs> kind of rude. Keep laughing. I'm laughing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my movies. That's what I got to see. That's my marching orders here mm-hmm. till we do uh, the Movie Mania show. So, and then Mank led the nominations with 10. I've never even heard of it. Well, maybe we should just start with talking about Mank then as we review stuff. How's that? Whatever you want. I'll go first. Sure. Mank is a movie about, is it Joseph Mankiewicz? I think it's Joseph Mankiewicz. There was two brothers. You'll see that in the movie. But it's essentially about the making of Citizen Kane. He wrote the script for the movie Citizen Kane which is one of the greatest movies of all time. If you don't know, Citizen Kane, 1941, I believe. One of the great movies ever. Dorson Wells, black and white. Inspired, allegedly inspired by the life of William Randolph Hearst, who owned all these newspapers. And I think the Hearst family still owns a bunch of newspapers. But um, And he was one of the most powerful men in America. And this movie was kind of, sort of, based on him. The, the, the lead character was Charles Foster Kane instead of William Randolph Hearst. They changed the name, but he lives in this giant mansion, and all that's in Citizen Kane. And this movie is about Mankiewicz, uh, who's called Mank for short, that hence the name. Mm-hmm. And he uh, turns out he not only did he write the script for Orson Welles to make Citizen Kane, um, he had extensive dealings with William Randolph Hearst himself. And he was an alcoholic. 
So you see Mank, who was injured in a car accident, trying to recover from that with his leg in a giant cast. Mm -hmm. And in order to start writing, he says, I need supplies. And they bring cases of liquor to him. Oh, okay. And he drinks and he reminisces about his dealings with William Randolph first and his wife, who was the big movie star of her day. And they sort of had this sort of platonic relationship. Um, and it's all shot in the style of Citizen Kane. So black and white, lots of really bold highlights and stuff. Uh, and it's done in flashback, which Citizen Kane is. So it really steals the style of Citizen Kane, but it's telling a true story about Mankiewicz. He also, I guess, one of the subplots is that he, you know... A lot of the, the screenwriters back then worked for the studio and they never got credit on the movies. He wants credit and blah, blah, blah. Uh, look, they did a great job with the style. Mank is a, a, uh, a very, very well-made film. I think technically it deserves nominations. Gary Oldman, who plays Mank, does a great job. And he is uh, nominated, as is... Um, Amanda Seyfried, she plays the actress in this. Mm -hmm. No one's going to like this movie. Okay, that makes sense. No one's going to like it. Here's why. It's all about, if you don't know Citizen Kane... Which I don't. You cannot possibly watch this movie. Okay? Okay. And not only do you have to know Citizen Kane, you have to know the background of Citizen Kane. And this movie does not give you that background, more it assumes... You know it. You know it. Now look, I went to film school. I studied Citizen Kane. I wrote about it. I know the whole backstory. I know everything. I know all the players going into it. I still didn't care. Oh, all right. <laughs> so while this movie, and it is beautifully shot, and it looks great, and all of that stuff, I can't in my right mind recommend anyone to watch this. You know, the acting's good. It's shot good. Yeah. It's just like nobody cares. It's a thing where nobody cares. It's a thing where, like, you know how, like, sometimes you get the DVD and then there's a making of documentary? Yeah. Instead, like, David Fincher, who's, like, one of our great filmmakers, right, kind of just made a movie that would fit better on the DVD extras than it is as a movie to Citizen Kane. Really? That's how I felt about this. I'm like, you got to really like Citizen Kane. to, And it's like... Why it's it's the Netflix thing, and I, I talk about Netflix and how I a lot of the things they do on Netflix I don't like, right. and this is one of them. Okay, they give these directors all this money. Say mm -hmm. do whatever you want with this money, make the movie that the studios won't let you make, and then they make this, mm -hmm. and it's like the guy is a Corion, right? He made Roma. You remember Roma? Yeah. And how much did we dislike Roma? Mm. It was not good. Yeah. And it was still beautifully done in it a lot of ways. beautifully done. This is not but a good it didn't movie. It really make sense. How about they gave Martin Scorsese, he said, make whatever you want. He made The Irishman. Oh. You fell asleep during it. I got up and took a nap. And look, The Irishman is good, but it's way too long. Mm-hmm. You know, and Mank is like two hours and ten minutes, which is probably too long. Why do they all and have to be so long? I. It's just because Netflix... When you make a movie, and you're going to make a movie for Warner Brothers, 20th Century Fox, whoever, they're going to say, hey, we want this movie to be this length of time. 
But people we don't want this want to, to be movies. That well, long. that's why the studios they say to the filmmakers, "Look, you want to play this in the theater? It's got to be an hour forty five minutes. We're going to make more money that way. We can show it more times during the day." Blah blah blah. When you get to Netflix, well, that's not a consideration. How many times it can play in the theater during the day? Right. Because people play it whenever they want. Mm-hmm. So you restrict it. So. All of these, the thing that Netflix is doing is they're saying to filmmakers, we're not going to have as many restrictions. Those restrictions can make for better movies. Right. And that's what they don't have. Mm -hmm. So when something is a Netflix original, I kind of roll my eyes and go, I don't think this is going to be as good as what might have been had they made it somewhere else. Right. And we saw that with, uh, you know, Hollywood, which was an old uh, Hollywood story that. um, Yeah, that was good. It was good, but was that as good? That was too long. It was long. Ryan, and it probably wasn't as good as the stuff Ryan Murphy was doing on FX, I don't think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, what are we doing? Right. We're letting people do whatever the fuck they want, and they're making garbage. Or not garbage, but it's just not, you know, this is a movie that didn't need to be made. Yeah. You know, and and I don't think studios would have approved it, and so he got to make it, and that's his passion project and all that stuff. but. But then how come it's nominated? It's a good question. Look, it's a technically beautiful film, and the acting is good. So, if it's a technical thing and that, it's just it's a boring movie. It shouldn't be best picture. Okay, that's my beef. It got more. It got ten nominations more than anything. It shouldn't be best picture. I'm going to say skip Mank. I mean, look, if you're an Oscar nerd like I am, and you're going to see everything, and I love David Fincher, and I see everything he does. This one, you don't need to see though. It, it real. Trust me, you won't enjoy it. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just that you won't enjoy it. Why not see something you'll enjoy? Yeah. Anyway. Layla, pick anything you want. You can pick I a TV show. You can pick a movie. Say, I don't think I've seen a lot of them. Well, you... you Well... Yeah. Yeah. My list of... Some of the ones... Uh, I know one you've seen. A couple of them you've seen. I have... Three of them you've seen. I did? Yeah. Well, pick whatever you want. You can pick a TV show. I don't care. We'll we'll, we'll open it up a little bit. Let's talk about Frayed. Let's talk about Frayed. I liked Frayed. Tell, tell us, everybody, about Frayed. I don't want to talk about <laughs> Because you then go back and you re-say everything I just what said. What is Frayed? What is Frayed? Just tell literally, it what is, is it? A TV show. Okay. Where is it from? What is the country of origin? Oh. Well, first of all, it's on HBO Max, for one, in the United States. Where is it from? Hulu. Listen, you don't give me the remotes to do anything, okay? So I don't know where's what, who's where. Where's this... Where's this where's this produce from? The market? <laughs> oh, it's that thing. It that was an uh, that was a normal answer when you asked where Well, was it what from? was the country because it is based in Australia. Based in Australia and it's a comedy mm-hmm. on HBO Max. It's I think it's played other places I'm in the world. world. Well, I don't know. It's on HBO Max. <laughs> well, you know what? Here here I'm going to give you that one. I believe you can add like HBO Max channel to Hulu. Oh, see, there you go. I just, so therefore you could technically right. get your show through so Hulu. So it's about a lady mm-hmm. whose husband dies. Yeah. I won't give away how. Yeah, because it's 
funny. Right. It's part of the show. Um, some stuff happens with the estate. She goes, and they were in London. Mm-hmm. She went back home to Australia with yeah. her two kids. And it takes place in the 1980s. Yep. And it's just kind of a story of her being back home and trying to get things straightened mm-hmm. back up with her money situation. And it's just a hysterical show. It's really funny. It's it's kind of that fish out of water where it's the rich lady has to live with the poor people. And it's kind of awkward. Yeah. Well, the, the poor people are her family. That's the thing. It's her yeah. mother and brother. And they live on this beach house, which, which you know, sounds great. But Everyone's it's like saying a little... it's a dumpy beach house, and you and I are looking at this beach going, that looks pretty good right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the beach house looks good, but it is not considered a great beach house. Um, I think this movie, this show has really, if you like like that Danny McBride stuff, which, which we like, you know, mm-hmm. Vice Principals, Eastbound and Down, and um, uh, uh, Righteous Gemstones, it kind of felt like that a little bit. It's a little more rooted. It's a little more real. Mm-hmm. Um, and it certainly has maybe some more serious issues to it. Yeah. Um, but that lady, I forget the name that, cause she wrote and sort of, uh, you know, started this project. She's great. And sometimes you can't tell if she's trying to be funny or not. Yeah. It's well, it's, it, you know, it's one of those things that walks that line, comedy drama. Mm-hmm. I thought the brother was hysterical mm-hmm. in this. The kids were really funny. There's some high school stuff and, yeah. you know, she goes back to hometown and of course, you know, she ends up working for a guy she went to high school with. The The gym teacher is the guy she dated who's teaching her kids in gym. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, it's really it's really well done. I was surprised how much I thought I'd like it, but it's like been sitting. It, it came out last summer and it was kind of sitting in our queue. And one night you go, what about that Fraid? We were going to watch that. And I go, yeah, let's try that. Oh, really funny. It was me. It was you. But. Thank goodness, because that, you know, I didn't hear enough about, you know, some of those, like, they import those shows on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pure was one that we watched we really liked as well on there. Do you remember that one? The Scottish girl who moves to London. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're really good. So check some of those out. And so was uh, the one with the, um, the teenager who was trapped away. The girl who ran away. What was that show? Girl runs away and her mom comes to get her. They're survivalists. Oh. She hooks up with those two brothers. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That show was really good, too. I forget the name of that one. but uh, How do you remember all this stuff? I, I can't remember the name of that show, but that was but a good I show. I mean, like, you remember that we watched this show and that I watched it with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't even tell you what three movies I watched on yeah. this list. Well, I pay attention and I don't know. I'm not saying you don't pay. Sometimes you're scrolling through your phone during these. But, but I'm still when it's something attention. you like, you watch yeah. more than other things. But no, I definitely, I think amongst TV stuff this week, and granted, you know, it came out last summer, but if you have HBO uh, Max, Freight is, should be right up there with some of the things you watch on there. There's so much good stuff. That's one we should tell my parents to watch. Yeah. Because they just got HBO Max. <laughs> Layla and I were over at their house, and they just figured out how to use HBO Max. I kind of set it up for mm-hmm. them, right? Because they have AT&T, so they get right. it, you know? And I go, Layla, what's going on HBO Max? And 30 shows later, she's got this giant list of stuff to watch because <laughs> there's so much good stuff on HBO Max. But, um, yeah, Fraid was really good. That's a good pick. All right. Let's talk about the other big Oscar, a uh, couple big Oscars. We'll all talk about Judas... And the Black Messiah. Now, this one was HBO Max. They have taken it off HBO Max because it's one of those things that was like the theatrical. So it was like for thirty run. Days. So Wonder Woman was like that. And isn't it, Tom and Jerry? Like Tom that? and Jerry's like that, which we got halfway through. I don't think we'll talk much more about that. But Tom and Jerry's pretty terrible. Um, 
But Judas and the Black Messiah is a story of the Black Panthers in Chicago in the 1960s. We know, and we've talked in the past, this year, a lot of black civil rights 1960s stuff. Documentaries, feature films, I mean, One Night Miami, MLK FBI, this one, you know, some other ones too. Um, I really like Judas and the Black Messiah because the guy is stories. This one guy gets picked up for stealing a car and the FBI gets hold and says, look, we need you to infiltrate the Black Panthers and we'll drop this stolen car charge. So it really becomes sort of an undercover cop movie. Yeah. More than a civil rights movie. And look, all that stuff's in there. Fred Hampton was the guy who was the leader of the uh, the Black Panthers in Chicago in the 60s. And, and of course, you know, it's a true story. And there was certainly lots of really bad stuff that the cops did. Black Panthers did some bad stuff as well, not to let them off scot-free. But this whole narrative is this guy trying to not get caught. Because what are the Panthers going to do to him if they catch him? And it's really well done. And um, I'm also proud to say that I, I know the guys who wrote this movie because they're comics. It's funny. It was written by stand-up comedians, the Lucas Brothers. Oh. You know the Lucas Brothers? And they, they had some stuff, I think, on uh, they were on Adult Swim or something. There was a I Lucas Brothers show. I never watched that stuff. But Lucas Brothers, uh, they did the Comedy Castle. Oh. And they're, very, they're young guys. They're very talented. And they wrote this movie. And uh, it's great. The acting's uh, terrific. Again, the two leads are nominated uh, in that Best Supporting Actor. It's uh, Daniel Kaluuya's from Get Out and other stuff, but a lot of people know Get Out. And um, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, we know him as best from Sorry to Bother You, which was a good movie, right? It was a weird... That was a good movie. Good movie. So he's, you know, he's the undercover guy, and Lakeith is uh, Fred Hampton. Really well done. Uh, it's certainly a movie that, even if you go, I don't want a preachy civil rights thing... It's really more of an undercover cop movie. They do the uh, 60s really well. It, it really fits well with, like, you know, uh, uh, Trial of Chicago 7. Same period of time, same city. Um, it's really well done, and it's worth a look, you know? Uh, again, it's not on HBO Max anymore, so you might have to rent it. I'm sure they'll make it available as the Oscars get closer. Uh, but it's definitely, I think it's worth watching. We didn't watch it together, unfortunately. but Because nope. I was thinking... After we watch some of these, <laughs> I don't know if Layla will like this one. Mm -hmm. You would have probably liked that. It was, it was, I'm not saying I know what you like. I'm not saying, hey, Layla, go out of your way and watch this, but hey. All right, you pick something. Go ahead. Come on. Um, did I watch 40 year old version? You did watch 40 year old version. Can you remind me what that's about? <laughs> Well, there's a lady uh -huh. who uh, is a playwright, and it's black and white. Ah, yes, it's yes, on yes, Netflix. Yes, now I remember. She's a playwright. I get it. I and she decides she wants to rap, and she's 40 years old. That's right. This takes place in contemporary New York City, and it's a very, uh, it's very independent. And very long. Looking and feeling. I don't know how long it is. But, but it felt long. We watched it over a couple of days because we didn't get we, through it. Yeah, because it was um, uh, And look, this lady, I forget the name. I should really have all this stuff in front of me, but I don't. But 40-year-old version, V-E-R-S-I-O-N, not virgin like the Steve Carell movie. Which is a good movie. Which is a good movie. But this movie, this movie... Look, she's talented. I think we can both say that, right? No, she We is. liked her I a agree. lot and, you know, all that stuff.
But this movie is a little amateurish. I think a it's a nice off. story. A the weird. scenes just kind of go on too long. Um, it felt like kind of an early Spike Lee movie, which I'm going to talk about Spike Lee in a minute, too. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'd I heard how good this was, mm-hmm. and we watched it, and we're kind of disappointed in it. Yeah. I felt like it felt like a student film to me. It kind of was, yeah. Even I though I like her, and I think she's talented, and I hope to see her in other things. But this was not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't even remember what it was about. <laughs> You just picked it off the list. You scrolled well, past it everything else. familiar. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of my list, I have a lot of no's. You, 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 you've it. seen a bunch of these, whether you know it or not. But 40-year-old well, version is not something that I think people need to run out and see. But it was on a bunch of critics' lists. And I said, you know, they, I could see the, the Academy nominating her for writing. I don't know if she directed this. I think she did. I think she did, yeah. I think she wrote, directed, and starred in it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as a first movie, it's okay. And like I said, she is talented. And But uh, but maybe she shouldn't have done all three of those. Well, it's like when you have a limited budget. Yeah, you want to do as you, much as you You got to do as much as you can. And look, the fact that she got this on Netflix is quite a thing, too, because they do not put people's first feature films on Netflix for the most part. You know, like we've talked about, it's established directors that mm-hmm. they're really throwing at. So I think it's it's I think it's cool that they're encouraging. I, I'm not. I would not say to go out of your way to watch a 40 year old version. All right, let's go. We're going to go through more uh, Oscar nominated stuff. Minari. I did not see that. Which you did not watch. Uh, it's it's nominated in, in most of the major categories. Uh, I agree. I thought this was one of the best movies of the year, with one reservation, which I'll get to. Uh, it's a story of a Korean family. Again, this takes place in the 80s. They move from California to Alabama. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's Alabama, not our, is it Alabama. No, it's Alabama. Uh, to farm. Okay. So they want to get some land. Because mm-hmm. land, I guess, was cheap in the 80s in Alabama. And start growing some crops. And the the, the belief is the father, who, uh, which is Stephen Yun, who you may know from The Walking Dead. He was Glenn. Nope. I think he eventually got eaten on Walking Dead, but Glenn was on in the beginning. Never watched an episode. Uh, so <laughs> you just talk right over. I me. do because I'm reviewing something. I know, and you're interjecting. But I'm giving commentary. That's okay. I just don't stop and comment. I let your comments come through. Mm-mm. The people hear your comments. All right. Um, go ahead. He thinks he can raise Korean sort of vegetables and sell those as a way to get rich. So he gets buys this piece of land. He has a trailer house on it that is very dry. He doesn't have water. And, he, you know, it's just him and his wife and his two little kids. His kids are like probably five and seven or something. They're like little, little kids, you know. And it's just their struggle, yeah. you know, and uh, it's hard. Um, at one point, and this is a lot of the movie, is uh, Grandma comes to live. Oh, boy. And she's very Korean, right off the boat Korean. Oh, nice. So most of the movie is in Korean. So even though it takes place in the United States, it, it you do have to turn on subtitles for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, the little boy in this is unbelievably great. Is he? He's super cute. He's funny. Um, like there's this thing about, uh, you know, the kids discover Mountain Dew. Oh, jeez. And they're like, what is this? And they're like, mm, this is mountain water for the, the freshest water from the mountains. And the kids love their Mountain Dew, oh you gosh. know. And then grandma comes and she's never had. And they're like, we have fresh mountain from the water. And grandma's like, 
oh, this is really good. You know, it's like really funny kind of yeah. stuff like that. The kid and the grandma have some really funny interactions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the grandma's like, we got to grow this Minari. It's a plant. Okay. So her and the little boy go plant this Minari down by the river. Sounds very pretty. It is, it is a very nice, pleasant movie. It has its twists and turns. Mm-hmm. I would say that the end, Uh-oh. movies kind of have this this year. It's kind of a thing. Sound of Metal was a great movie that kind of had this. Where they don't end, they just stop. Oh. If that makes sense. Yeah. Where you kind of see where it's going and, oh, yeah, this could be, you know. This so you don't want to say it's a sad ending or a happy ending. It's just, just ends. Yeah. And I was, I was really shocked when it ended. Cause I was like, oh, yeah, this, is, this turn will get us to the big finale and then it just is over. Mm-hmm. But along the way, it was really good. And it's very, uh, you know, it is, you know, look, Parasite was Korean, and that came out last year. This is very, very different from Parasite, okay? Oh. <laughs> Parasite was edgy and suspenseful, and this is not those things. This is, this is more sh- heartwarming? It's it, but it is about a struggle, okay. you know? Not unlike Nomadland in that sense, It is also, which was also about a lady struggling. It's about a family struggling. And um, it does tug at your heart. That, that little boy, the kids, both kids and the grandma are such great actors. And, you know, some really cute stuff in here. Um, I really liked it. Again, I, I felt like if I had one complaint, it would be that the ending was, you know, and look, you can't expect a Hollywood ending when it's not a Hollywood movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So the ending they give you is a little different than what you normally get. And that's okay. And I thought this movie, I think people should watch this. Uh, you can rent Minari, by the way, if you're looking to watch this. It is not on any of the streaming services yet, but I rented it, and you can rent it too, and it's really good. So watch Minari. All right, Layla, give us something. Come on. I don't. What think, do you got? I don't think I've seen any of these. You watch movies. Save Yourselves. I did. You did. <laughs> it's on Hulu. It's about a couple. Oh, the search party guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell people about it. I don't really know how to explain <laughs> this one. It's, you liked it, though, right? Yeah, it was quirky. Sci-fi comedy. It was interesting. Yeah. And it was the girl from Glow, the yeah. Indian girl. Or, yeah. Or Arabic. Yeah. I'm not quite sure which. Right, and the guy from Search Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go to upstate and they leave New York City. They're New York City hipsters. And they're going off the grid. They decide, we're off the grid. We're unplugging. This yep. city life ain't for us. We're going to go to this cabin. Their buddy says, I got this cabin. Come on up. Yeah. So they go. And they're having a good time at the cabin. And weird stuff keeps happening. Weird things start to happen. Yeah. It's very funny. Turns out the earth may be coming to an end. Well, wasn't no could be. Could I want to give it away. Oh, okay. but you know, what I mean, things are happening in a sci-fi sense. Yeah, that are very odd <laughs> and it's, funny, yeah. and they have to save themselves. And could they be the last people around because they're not in New York City? Yeah, it's it's kind of a sci-fi alien mm-hmm. comedy with hipsters versus yeah. the aliens. It and was funny. It was very funny. I believe I was reading on Wikipedia. This could be a series. I, I think they're mad, and I could see that too. Yeah. I could definitely see this as a series, mm-hmm. and I'd probably watch that series, whether mm-hmm. it's these two people or other people in it. Uh, they did a good job. The guy from Search Party, 
playing the exact guy. Oh, for he's sure. The, I mean, he literally looks like he was he, shooting both yeah. at the same time, and he was just going from one set to the other. Yeah, dressed the same, acted the same. And same mustache yeah, as season five of everything. Search Party and whatever. Maybe he was going from set to set. He very well could have been. I mean, actors do that. I don't know. And with Search Party, we haven't talked about it since we it ended. Well, we might as well just segue right into What it. a weird ending, huh? Yeah. What a weird season. Uh-huh. What a weird show. Very weird. We like that show. Yeah. But it, it it's gotten weirder and it, it's gotten it's funny, it got it was really good, then it wasn't as good, then it got better, then it got weirder. And then it got even weirder. Yeah, and now it's kind of like, well, it's still good, but it's so weird. But like I feel like if they make a season six, it's just like how do you make it good I, again? I'm not even sure what you do, but um they do some stuff in that, you know, because you watch it the first season and you're like, oh, wow, I like this. It's like girls, but it's right. got like this kind of true crime thing going mm-hmm. on, too. And then by like, what was this last season? <laughs> I don't even know how it to describe like, totally it. It was like totally different people. It is a weird. Uh, like some people said this feels like Stephen King or something. Like it's it's almost like a suspense show more than a I comedy. Never, no. Yeah. Mm. See the movie Misery? No. Well, that was Steve. They, they would remind you of this season of you. Do you not know me? Because it's a horror movie. Yeah. Well, there's horror elements to season five of Search Party. I guess a little bit. But we like it. It's again HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Go get that. Hulu. <laughs> Save yourself is on Hulu. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Save yourself. But see, you don't let me have the remote, so I never get to figure out. <laughs> what's what you just automatically do it it's the way it is mm-hmm. all right let's now this movie uh let me i'm gonna hit the oscar nominated stuff and then maybe we can say goodbye and we'll get to the other stuff later my octopus teacher is a documentary that's on netflix that just um, sounds like a weird well it's about a man and his job is he's a wildlife photographer that's his job okay so that explains the octopus and he lives in south africa Okay. And he, uh, you know, lives by the water. And he's kind of burnt out with going to Africa to shoot wild animals and all that stuff. So he decides he's going to start skin diving. Skin diving? He doesn't want to wear a wetsuit to dive. And the water's very cold where he lives. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, you know, it's kind of a brave thing just to do that. Right. Just to jump in the water with no wetsuit because it's cold there. Mm-hmm. And he has his little underwater camera and he finds this octopus. And this octo- and he's studying this octopus and the whole life cycle of the octopus. And as he follows, as he, he sort of goes down the same time every day and the octopus starts to show up to greet him. And they become friends. Uh-huh. And I think it's called My Octopus Teacher because he learns... As the octopus lives its life, he decides he will live his life like an octopus, like the octopus, what? which is a little strange. And it is a strange documentary for sure. Um, I mean, this guy has a son and he brings his son out and they connect and he really has this affinity for this octopus okay. that lives in the coral reef on the coast of South Africa. Uh, and a lot of it is just him talking. You know, a lot of them is just him talking about the octopus and what he's learning. And that's why it's the octopus teacher. It taught him. Uh-huh. Taught him about how octopuses live. Taught him about how people should live. And uh, it does not have a Hollywood ending. 
Um, but the, well, not the, the documentary. photography is beautiful. If you love your, uh, if you like Planet Earth and those kind of documentary things, which are really uh, well done, this one is as good as those. It's really beautiful. If you watch it on Netflix and you have all the 4Ks and everything, it's going to be real nice on your TV. And uh, I enjoyed it. It's weird. It's not for everybody. But if you like nature documentaries and you don't mind watching something weird, you know, and I think for documentaries, uh, you know, you want to have something with heart. You want to have something. And I look at what's nominated and I go, yeah, I, I get that. You know why they chose time. You know, it's an inspiring story. And my activist teacher is inspiring, in, I think, in the same way. And plus, it's pretty remarkable to take a camera under the water every day at the same time and film the same octopus. I know I didn't see everything. Yeah. I feel like Cripple Camp should probably be the best documentary. Well, that might be the best one that you've seen. I mean, yeah. uh, of those five, like I said, I've got two more to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you saw two of the five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crip Camp is excellent, though. Mm-hmm. And I believe if, if the Crip Camp wins, the Obamas will be accepting the award. Oh, wow. Because they produced it. Mm. So there you go. All right, uh, you want to do uh, one or one more or two more? I don't think I've seen anything else. Well, you saw WandaVision. You saw Generation. Well, you wanted to do... I do, I do, but you could do one of those if you That's want. It's okay. Get the movies in. All right, let's do The Five Bloods. Well, no, well, so everyone expected The Five Bloods to get nominated. <laughs> this is Spike Lee's Vietnam story where five Vietnam veterans go... Actually, four Vietnam veterans go back to Vietnam... Because they left some gold oh. in them hills of Vietnam mm-hmm. when they were fighting. And Chadwick Boseman plays the fifth blood who did not make it back from Vietnam. So in flashbacks, you see Chadwick Boseman in Vietnam mm-hmm. fighting. Now, interestingly, the, old, the actors are in their 50s, 60s, whatever. Right. They're probably a little young to be Vietnam veterans if you really do the math in present day. But... You know, Delroy Lindo, I forget the other guys. They're kind of recognizable guys that you've seen and stuff. But they he uses these old actors in the Vietnam flashbacks, <laughs> which is sort of an interesting take. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you have Chadwick Boseman fighting alongside all these old guys. Right. And they're the Bloods, little gang of black soldiers in Vietnam. And, you know, they go back and the one guy's son ends up showing up and he kind of becomes the fifth blood. That's the guy uh, from Lovecraft Country. He plays the son. Okay. You remember the lead yeah. guy in that. And he was a very good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people were expecting Oscar nominations maybe for Delroy Lindo and, and Spike, but this movie's too long. Way too. It's like two hours and 20 minutes. Too long. I thought this was going to be about the gang, the Bloods. No, it's the Bloods were a bunch of soldiers in Vietnam. It's, like, it's not a true story or anything. I, I read the Wikipedia about it. Turns out this was just going to be a Vietnam movie about, hey, we left some gold behind. Mm-hmm. Let's go get it. And you'd have Stallone in there and God knows who else. Instead, Spike got a hold of it and decided this needs to be black people because I'm Spike Lee. And, you know, and that, look, I like Spike Lee. We, we like Black Klansman or at least liked mm-hmm. it sort of, yeah. you know, that was no, his I last like movie. movie. Um, you know, this just is not as good. It goes on too long. There's some other people who are sort of interlopers. The... Uh, I know because we saw him on AEW. The guy, the guy that played um, Paul Walter Hauser, Michigan's own, 
the guy who played uh, the the Olympic Park bomber, Richard Jewell. Oh yeah, that he shows up in this as well. Um, yeah, five, the Five Bloods is too long. I watched it thinking it was going to get nominated for stuff, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like I wasted my time now. But that's what happens. You go out, you try to get ahead of the Oscars, and sometimes you you hit it with you know Minari and Judas and the Black Messiah and Mank, and sometimes you whiff and watch the Five Bloods, which was not that good. So I don't think you need to see that. I don't think most people need I to, don't see want to see that. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting premise that kind of doesn't work. It just it's too long. You won't really care. It feels very phony. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too bad. I, I like. I, I want Spike Lee stuff to be good more than it is good usually. Yeah. So, because you know, do the right thing was great, and she's got to have it. Is real early movies I was a fan of, but I think he went to NYU, which I did as well mm-hmm. for a little bit. Not the whole thing. You want to talk about any of these other things, or should we say goodbye? We got uh, the TV stuff you've seen. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But you don't care. You want? want. I mean, Wandavision's over. Everybody was a big hit. It was good. What'd you think about it? Um, I'm a little torn. It was okay. It was okay. I think the more. The longer it went on, the more it turned into a Marvel movie. Yeah. And the more it turned into a Marvel movie, the less I liked it, I think. Yeah. I think I liked it when it was kind of weird and unique. Kind of funny. Yeah. And then it just became people casting spells and fighting. Yeah. Then it was just. And that's kind of what I don't like about any of those superhero movies. Mm -hmm. Because I find it very boring and there's no like, oh, his spell's really strong. That's going to like, how would you know? I mean, it's like. So I sort of like the human element of it and. Um, I thought, you know, the actors were all very good. Catherine Hahn, we like a lot, and yeah. she's really good in it. And, and that was a little bit of a turn I wasn't expecting. Yeah, well, she's, you know, I mean, uh, she did a great job with way. it. And, yeah, I don't think we've given any. I think everyone's watched well, WandaVision that's going to watch it at this point, and we'll recommend it. Well, every we'll time I start to say something, say, don't spoil it. Don't spoil Tom and Jerry, Layla. Don't yell at me. <laughs> you can't spoil Tom and Jerry. I'll spoil Tom and Jerry. It sucks. Don't watch it. Yeah, don't watch it. I spoil it. It's terrible. Uh, so WandaVision, you know, it was pretty good. I mean, it look. Was. The last episode or two were kind of. Uh... And, and people are jonesing for Marvel because they pulled right. the movies that were going to come out this the past year. Right. And so they've got this came out. And I know Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think, drops this weekend. And I don't know if we're going to watch it or not. I'll probably watch it whether or not. Is that you... another TV show? It's another TV show. So <laughs> Layla, Layla rolling her eyes. I did not. But I just uh, walked away. Uh, but I, you know, I think Wandavision. It was interesting. All those TV show parodies. That was fun. Which ended up with like Modern Family sort mm-hmm. of at the end. I thought they did a really good job with that. I and you. Um, you know, again, I think Wandavision. I think Marvel stuff is always better when they're trying to be funny. Yes. I think when they try to get serious, like they put the children in peril at the yeah, end of WandaVision and it's kind of like I don't they're not going to kill these kids. This means nothing. Right. Who cares? You it know? just didn't need to happen. It didn't need to happen and you know sometimes they do like they did in Avengers, the the final two Avengers movies where they do something so big and shocking, everyone's surprised and this this didn't have any of those. No. You know, Cat Dennings is there taking up space and I'm not a big fan of hers, so No, you're not. You know, they but but you know They really do the thing. And again, could be controversial on my part. Here we go. Where it's like, we've got to put her in this like ringmaster circus outfit. 
Oh, yeah. And they kind of did. And they did that with Wanda as well. They did, you know, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Olsen, where they put her as a magician's assistant. And then she's in some, you know, and it's kind of like, yeah, they got to give nerds something to beat off to. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that feels a little weird. Well, even like her yeah. outfit at the end of the season. Yeah. They changed it. Right. And it's just like, I mean, I'm not saying like, maybe that's why some people watch superhero movies is. But, you know, it's the same time they're trying to be like, we're so inclusive and look at all these strong women in here. And it's like, but then they're they're all in and uh, they're all with their boobs pushed yeah. up and stuff. And it's kind of like, and again, I'm not I'm all fine. I, you know, look, I'm all for boobs. I'm not anti boobs. But I also feel like a lot of kids watch the show and right. stuff, and, you know, eh. I agree. You know, there's grown up shows that you could be watching. If you want boobs, you don't need to watch some kid show that seems wrong all right i think we're gonna wrap it up for tv and movies how about that we'll just wrap up the show okay we'll just say goodbye we'll say goodnight that's it we're done all right can i go to bed well you could if it wasn't six (laughs) o'clock we're recording this layla is (laughs) you're on a new schedule because you got the new job and you get up early and all that stuff second week and i have to be to work at six and yeah i'm up at 4 30 you're up early and that's that's a new thing for you Mm -hmm. so um i'm also up till 4 30 no (laughs) pretty much you're coming to bed we we had the time we had the time change over the weekend and that was hard on me and because i'm working again and all that stuff so oh by the way a couple things on that note comedy castle is open come see some shows uh the advanced comedy class we are starting a new session april 17th if you want to join the advanced comedy class at mark ridley's comedy castle i'll teach you some comedy it's for people with a little bit of experience if you've like, done some stand-up. Like myself. If you've done, you have no experience. Uh, if you've done the beginner comedy class, or if you've been performing stand-up for a year or so and you got some time, you can do the advanced comedy. Because, well, what do you want to say? I am funny. And you I are could funny, but uh, you could probably to do, do stand-up if you want to. But, you know, you don't qualify for the the, the, the thing. Living with you and hearing all your little teachings doesn't qualify You picking it off up through osmosis. Yes. Hanging out with me alone is enough to pick up on comedy. Yeah. Well, look, if you don't live with me and you want to take the advance, well, you just saved yourself $200, Layla. You don't have to take the advance comedy class. Yeah, I can just be stand-up comedy. (laughs) Yeah, you just go up and do it. Yep. You went to the club this weekend. How hard can it be? It can't be that hard. It can't be that hard. But uh, just make jokes about you. Oh, my (laughs) God. All right. Layla, thank you for making your final appearance on the podcast. You did a really good job. You say this every, every week. Time. Every week. It's, it's an evergreen joke. But uh, Advanced Comedy Class, call the Comedy Castle if you want to sign up for that. 248-542-9900. 248-542-9900, as we say. Uh, you can take Advanced Comedy Class. Thank you, Layla. You're welcome. It's good to have you. Uh, hopefully we get to babysit again and have the little I'm nephew sure over will. and uh, we'll have him on the podcast imagine all he'd like all oh, these no 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 he'd no, like no. all these wires <laughs> would have a heart attack he'd be pulling all of these cords out he would be but uh it was fun it was fun having you on the show Thank you. thanks to everybody who listened watch those movies we've kind of given you a good uh, primer on what to see Get yourself ready for the Oscars. I believe Movie Mania will be the next show, so look out right. for that one. You can do the Sleepy Awards. Okay. Where you? No Man Land. No Man Land. I think <laughs> is going to win the Sleepy. 
for 2021. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye.